We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling. We've got a ton going on today. We're going to have uh, some whiteboard. Jesse's going to be with me in a little bit. He's going to bring out the whiteboard. He's going to give us the best things that he saw in Saturday's win over North Carolina State. We've got rapid fire after that. Some Sam Hartman, a whole lot of other stuff. Brian and Vince didn't do an afternoon show today. They're going to be on at 8 o'clock Eastern time Tonight, taking a look at where Notre Dame is right now and previewing Central Michigan. Well, I'm not going to waste any time because, um, you know, this is a podcast, YouTube and, and you know, everything else. And you see what the title says. It says Reggie Brooks. Reggie Brooks is here to talk some Notre Dame football. So you can't actually see his face. He's a little bit in witness protection, but I guarantee you <laughs> – that's actually Reggie Brooks on the other side of that dot right there. How you doing, Reggie? I'm doing well, doing well. Always good to have you. Drive safely. I know you're out there driving, and you said, you know, you didn't put the video up so you can actually drive out there today. But, the, <laughs> of course, uh, Reggie, Notre Dame great. He and I used to host the radio postgame show together not too long ago, and he still does it on uh, WSBT here in town and he's of course the executive director of the Holtz's Heroes Foundation. What's going on at Holtz's Heroes these days by the way? Well again we got a lot going on in terms of like I said being able to help former former players that uh, you know find themselves struggling whether it's uh, you know addiction, mental health, you know, you know find themselves in financial trouble just to be a support system and and also you know, we have our scholarship. Uh, we've got two scholarship winners for the Lose Lad Scholarship that we uh, provide every year for two deserving and uh, needy students. And then we also have the Bread of Food, Bread of, Bread of Life Food Drive, where again, you know, a lot of we're actually in the middle of a campaign now of you know raising uh, food money for food, but also bringing in food for food banks, you know, because this is kind of the time when they, they start running low over, you know, yeah. everybody focuses on like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter. Um, but, you know, there's a need year round. I mean, we just uh, was able to do uh, about $5,000 that we were able to give to uh, the Maui food bank. Oh, very um, cool. 
to assist there. So again, it's just the opportunity to to share the blessings that we have with others and, and also be a, a, a member of our communities. You know, we have guys all over the country and um, being able to provide support, but also provide support for our communities where we live and doing it in a kind of, you know, rallying around each other. All right. Great stuff. And uh, you can find them holtzesheroes.org, correct? Correct. All right. Holtzesheroes.org. If you'd like to find out more, help out and any of that kind of stuff. And you're right about that food banks because about a month here, it's going to start getting colder. And that's, you know, like you said, leading up to the holiday season, when things start getting cooler outside, that's when, uh, that's when it becomes um, a, a great necessity for a lot of people. So great to be uh, helping them out already. Well, let's talk a little Notre Dame football, Reggie. The Irish are three and zero after that win over, North Carolina State. Let's let's start big picture, and then we'll, we'll you know we'll dive deeper into some other stuff since we've got you here tonight. What, just what do you think of this Notre Dame team that, that we've seen so far? It's been impressive. I mean, you know, they've won different ways, um, and I mean, it all starts with we really have we found us a quarterback that um, puts in good situations that understands you know the importance of taking care of the football. And, you know, it's just – it's been great seeing the success these young men are having. And, you know, we're running the football. We're passing the football. We're throwing to outside receivers, tight ends, and running backs. So it's being well distributed. And defensively, I mean, you know, we, we had a good thing going there. I was a little spoiled that we hadn't given up a touchdown <laughs> in those first two games. And, you know, we give up three. And I'm like, hey, this isn't acceptable. What's going on here? Uh-huh. But you know they were playing. They came up against a a, a good football team in North Carolina State, and I, and they're going to make some noise in the um in the ACC. So uh, we kept our streak alive with that. I think it's now twenty nine straight wins over ACC opponents, and you know so I'm I'm excited, you know, and, and to see where this team can go because you know great leadership, um, and you know they look like they're having fun. You mentioned Sam Hartman and what he's done so far. We were talking here recently. Some people were saying the best Notre Dame quarterback since Joe Montana. That's a long time. That's a long stretch. You played with some good ones. Like, is that is that a little bit high? Is that still a little bit high right now? What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, that's a lot bit a lot of bit high. <laughs> you know, because uh, I I would say again, you know, you you, you got you know. Uh, Guys like Tony Rice, and then you have, uh, you know, Rick Meyer, but also right. you know Brady Quinn. Did we forget that they we lose track of who he was. Exactly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Well, you know, and another so, guy who who I think maybe flies under the radar a little bit is a guy who is a little bit before your time, but played in the NFL with you, or you know, at the same time as you in the NFL is Steve Berline. You know, he was pretty good quarterback himself. Even. Oh yes, I mean, you know, again. Guys that had success is just a little different. Absolutely. What about Marcus Freeman? What, what do you think of the growth that he's shown already here in year two of being a head coach? It's been great seeing him, uh, you know, learn how, learn on, on the run. You know, and that's been interesting uh, to see his growth. And I've, you've seen it in the, in the press conference and press conferences and things like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just been you know, with his youth. It's been amazing to to see how well he's done, and he continues to grow and develop. Absolutely, and I think that one of the things that we've heard about, and you as a former player, I'm wondering if you can kind of speak to this a little bit. That you know the fact that the relationships that he's tried to build with former players and bringing players back and 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 that kind of thing what how different is it right now under marcus freeman man it is light light years different from you know like i said i would wish i was had a little more uh opportunity to uh to have worked with him and in, in developing that program because that was one of the things that i did as a former player i mean as with with notre dame and that that sense of working to do more with um, the, the alumni outreach. And, and he's done a remarkable job. You know, we just recently had a, um, 
a, a kind of a state of the union. I mean, we're in season and this guy's providing opportunities for us to connect and reconnect with him. So it, it's been, you know, phenomenal. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of scary how much he's, he's given, you know, and he, he's everywhere. And that's the thing about <laughs> his energy and, you know, he's, he's so supportive of all the other sports. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've had the opportunity to reach out to him. He responds back. I mean, he's just, he's just so engaged and it's so refreshing to see someone that understands the importance of having alumni back and keeping those uh, alumni members engaged, you know, on a consistent basis. It's funny you say he's everywhere because he had the, the travel diary and stuff going on this summer before training camp started when he was kind of bouncing all over the country to some different spots. And there were some people like, well, you need to focus more on football and that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, now when you see the results already <laughs> so far, I think people can live with him uh, kind of spreading himself around. That's amazing that he's still – reaching out like that, I think, to you players, former players, during the season, even. It's phenomenal. You know, it, it's just flat-out phenomenal that he's taken the time to do this um, and, you know, just make himself available to us and and just just showing appreciation for what, you know, the former players uh, provided. I want to talk about this running back room i i know your eyes have to light up when you see these guys what do you think that uh, of the job that dila mccullough has done with the guys in that room so far oh man he he has been phenomenal i i'm a big fan of his and his ability to get the most out of those guys and you know and those guys like him you know and again that's you know things seems like a, a menial thing but he's someone that those guys really uh, appreciate and um, you know, feel a connection with, and 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 again, he also demands a lot from those young men, but they know, hey, he really cares about them and for them to be successful. And go, he had his own success, so he actually kind of models what he wants to see in his guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, you obviously played in some talented running back rooms, like you had, you had. You, of course, you had your brother, Tony Brooks, Jerome Bettis, Rodney Culver, what, Lee Becton, Ricky Waters. I mean, not all at the same time, Rodney Culver, like all those guys yeah. in that early. Ray early, Zellers. Yeah, Ray Zellers. There you go. Uh, another one. I mean, you guys just had talent overflowing in that in that running back room. But where, like, this running back room it has to, like, do you think that when you look at at, at – just the talent and what they've shown so far is, is it the best from top to bottom? You know, maybe we've seen since those days when you were playing. I would think so, but, it's, but again, I would say what, what uh, coach McCullough has done with this group is more impressive because, you know, if, if somebody doesn't, if somebody's not happy, they take off, <laughs> you know, That's true. We, I mean, we were kind of felt like we were stuck. So we didn't really have that same, mindset of our coaches didn't have to deal with basically recruiting players his own guys every year and the fact that he's been able to get that many guys involved and they also understand the value of because he coached at the professional level so he understands the importance of production 
mm-hmm. not so much just a, just a, a, a ton of yards. Because, yeah, uh, Edrick had, you know, 100-some yards, but he was averaging nine carries a, a pop. Right. That's what a lot of, like, pro coaches that he can speak to and say, this is what they're looking for. They're looking for production and how how much how do you get the most out of every carry? How important is that? Because McCullough has talked about the the list of the nine jobs that he has, and each running back kind of fills in these these different jobs. Obviously, Audric is is uh, sort of the uh, the full time guy, and these other guys have these part time jobs alongside with it. But when you're talking about that much talent in a room, and you're you're giving these guys those opportunities, how how important is that to kind of keep everyone invested and kind of both feed in on this thing? Oh, well, in this day and age, it's critical. I mean, you look at it, and I mean, the ability to do that now is, <laughs> it, I mean, it's almost like he's a magician because, like I said, you're constantly having to recruit the same guys, but he his delivery is, hey, I want you to be successful and have an opportunity at the next level. Here's, I've coached that level and coach at a high level uh, on top of that, mm-hmm. this is what you need to be focused on is more of, hey, getting the most out of every carry, making sure you're, you're solid on pass pro, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. But being a well-rounded back, and I will help you do that, and I will promote and push you in that regard. So everyone wants to know with Audric Estime – He's a big back, obviously, but he's got really light feet. The Jerome Bettis comparisons. We've got someone asking, is 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 that the comp to you? What's what's the what's the Audric estimate comp? Is it Bettis or is there's maybe somebody else you've seen? I'll say Ray Zellers. Uh, I, I think you know because Jerome was a little bit bigger, and uh-huh. the thing about JB, he was uh, and this is you know nitpicking on my part. He did a better <laughs> job of picking his feet up, um, and you know watching. Audric, he 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 kind of like gets tripped up, you know, but he gets through there. He's definitely gotten better about running through the um the trash, as we say, you know, running through the line and running through the trash and not being tripped up so easily this year as he was last year. But um, and, and JB was a little bigger. That's true. That's very true. I tell you what, Audric showed that speed, especially out there on that wet field. Saturday against NC State on that 80-yard run, pulling away. He he showed he's got some wheels to bring with. Oh it, yeah, <laughs> and that was the thing about when he when he when he gets get a, a full head of steam and get going, big man can move. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. It, what do you think of the improvement that he's made from this year to last year? Like you said, you kind of nitpicked him maybe there a little bit, but I think I think he's shown quite a bit of improvement since last year too, don't you? Oh, yeah, he's continued to grow and develop as a back, and it's been great to watch and see him also develop. I mean, in listening to his interviews, it's been great to hear him, you know, and how he's you know matured just in the few years that he's been there, and he's taken on that leadership role, and you can see that, um, that he is the leader of that backfield, and, you know, he, he takes pride in that, and, and it shows in the way he plays, but it also shows in how he – carries himself off the field as well i'm not sure when you look at this group if there is a is a reggie brooks <laughs> comparison but i'll ask you is there is there anyone when you look at the you know the rest of these guys in that room that, that maybe reminds you of you a little bit 
No, because again, like I said, most of those guys are a lot bigger in terms of height. <laughs> Um, sure. But like I said, in terms of speed, I would say um, Jadarian Price, I mean, he's very explosive in his his ability to move laterally mm-hmm. and then get upfield. I'd say, you know, in terms of comparable, you know, moves and ability to, to, to get in and get going, he'd be the closest one I could, you know, see. But, you know, he's he's 200 – well, I guess I was 210 pounds, but <laughs> – he was taller. The honest with you, I, I think he, he. I would give him the the nod over me. Uh, okay. I, I, very impressive. You know, he does a great job with pad pad level. Um, you know, I, it's been exciting to see him, and I can't wait to see more of him. I tell you what, I I, I completely agree with that. Is it's great to see him just doing what he's done so far since that Achilles injury last year. But then you look at this freshman. Jeremiah Love, I mean, you talk about a guy with an extra gear to go to, huh? He's still learning, and like I said, when he gets it, now he's one that um, is very intriguing because when he when it when it finally clicks, look out. I mean, he's explosive. You know, when he learns how to like run downhill, whoo, that that kid's gonna be a a, a load because he's gonna get, get to a a, a regiment of lifting and nutrition, you know, because he he he's, he looks r- r- real slight. I can see him at you know at a two two fifteen two twenty and right. still maintain a great top end speed. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think there's a lot of lot of lot of growth for him. What what do you think about? We talked a little bit about Sam Hartman the the, the passing game in general. There's a little bit of a split, I think, in how people kind of think of what's going on with the pass game distribution. You don't have that one kind of alpha dog receiver who's dominating everything. Nobody's putting up the huge numbers, but it's very consistent the way Sam Hartman spreads the ball around. What do you think of that? And I, isn't that what you would want? I mean, cause you can't really yeah. zero in on one group. So, you know, the outside receivers are doing well. I mean, and you know, the first game we didn't throw it to a tight end, you know, right. we didn't, I didn't have reception. But boom! This game, man, you had a couple of tight ends with touch. Tight ends had three touchdown passes, and you know, and some guys stepped up. You know, coming out of the backfield. The one guy I'm really looking forward to seeing really put his stamp on things is uh, Chris Tyree. You know, moving over from receiver to from running back. When he really gets it and and really develops as a receiver, he's going to be exciting to watch and, and another weapon. But it starts with Sam and his ability to go through his progressions and get to the to the open man. You know, he's not locked in on one person. You can see him go through his progressions and his reads and get the ball to the to the open man. And that's that's what you want as a quarterback. I think so too. It's looking really sharp so far. How excited are you for uh, Ohio State here in a couple of weeks? Uh, I'm not talking Ohio State. It's Cincinnati. Okay. Okay, anytime. Central Michigan, Central Michigan tonight. Let me ask you this: You live in Dallas, and SMU, of course, is there. Are they are they pretty fired up about this whole ACC thing? Uh I really haven't heard anything, um, and I think it's still still kind of new. So, but it, it's Texas. I mean, it's it's all about football right now. I mean, wherever it is, they're excited about football. Yeah, that's. <laughs> There's no lie there. There's no lie there at all. Now, somebody 
Jeff asked this. Um, he, he said, did Lou share his story with you and the other running backs about sending someone to the bank with all your money and losing it on the way as uh, as an, an analogy or a metaphor, I guess, for ball security and fumbling? Have you Did you ever hear that one from Lou Holtz? Yes. Uh, he Again, you know, again, you're talking to someone that literally scored a touchdown unconscious because <laughs> right. subconsciously I knew if I would have fumbled that ball, conscious or not, you don't get you're out of the game. So <laughs> he was beyond adamant of this is your life. That football is your life. So if you Put your, you're putting your life on the line every time you carry that ball in the life of your teammates. So, yeah, that analogy about the bank, you know, you're because t- you're taking and it was it was more of you're taking your money and and your teammates' money, and you lose on the way. What do you think is going to happen? To that person that loses loses everybody's money on the way. That's, you're not going to be very happy good. with that guy. That's right. It won't be good. That's exactly right. Somebody loses your money. You're not going to be happy with them at all. It's got to give you a lot of pride then that like every time they show the replay of that touchdown that you're talking about, you were unconscious, but you held on to the football all these years later. You never yeah, let it He go. had a great way of getting into your head. And it's like, you remember a lot of those things that even though, you know, you're in practice, he's chirping at you, but you retain a lot of information because in, and it even – it's, it's even effective in life. You know, you, you treat people the way you want to be treated and you take care of other people just as much as you take care of your own self. Yeah. Real quick before I let you go, Reg, uh, the, the defense, uh, we've seen good improvement from the defense, especially with the turnovers. What do you think what you've seen to that side of the ball so far? I'm, I'm loving the speed and that, that front seven is really good. But these safeties, that is that was a, that was a bit of a issue the last few years outside of uh, Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But having these, the, you know, multiple safeties in the secondary has really stepped up. I would like to see, and again, I think it, it also depends on the team you're playing to see a better pass rush. Uh, right. You know, and getting get, and I think you know the teams we played outside of um, Tennessee State because they had the kind of you know, have their fits and make their make sure their rush rush lanes were, you know, they they pr- properly l- looked after, and they did a lot of spying on on the, uh, the kid from from Ohio. I mean, from uh, uh, North Carolina State because he was such a good runner, right? And so, and I think you know, with that, I think with this game, I'm looking to see more from the pass rush because it's more of a conventional quarterback that we'll be facing. That's And uh, this week's quarterback is not going to be necessarily conventional. Bert Emanuel Jr., I'm trying to remember, was there, did you have any overlap with his dad, Bert Emanuel, in the NFL? Or was that maybe – was uh, he a little after you? I think after me. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. But, I mean, he's a guy who can run too. So uh, there, And that's kind of the – the interesting thing I think about the schedule this season is is uh, we're going to see a lot of pretty mobile quarterbacks. The Duke quarterback yeah. here in a couple weeks. This guy this week, Caleb Williams, of course, and a, a Ooh, lot of guys with some weeks. Now that kid scares me even this day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, and that's only a little bit Central more than Michigan, a month away. John, Central Michigan. Central Park. Michigan. That's right. 
One one focus, one game at a time. Reggie Brooks, Notre Dame great. Uh, again, the uh, executive director of Holtz's Heroes Foundation. Reg, it's uh, great catching up with you. Again, the last time we saw each other was at a women's basketball game last year. We don't get to uh, do this enough, so uh, maybe we need to check in later on this season. I look forward to it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks again, Reggie. All right. Take care, Sean. You too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jesse Styers. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up the great Reggie Brooks, but thanks for setting me up there. That's right. That's right. Reggie's always a lot of fun. And um, I, I, I was I was a little disappointed that all I got to see was like the black screen and the little white dot there in the middle. But it's still good to hear his voice. Yeah, uh, you and Reggie used to do shows, you know, quite a bit. Post-game we did. shows. Uh, good hours. Good- Good to hear you guys back together and uh, chopping it up a little bit. But I'm, I like Reggie's focus. One game at a time, baby. We're we're on we're on to Central Michigan and Central Michigan only. I know he wouldn't even barely let me say Ohio State. He was having none of that. So, all right. Well, our focus in the game might be Central Michigan this week, but Whiteboard Tuesday is the best thing we saw Tuesday, and so Jesse. You've got your whiteboard to uh, to draw up a couple of the best things, one or two of the best things that you saw from Saturday's game, correct? Um, yeah, I got I got a kind of little hybrid situation going on here. So, okay. um, let me let me bring up one thing first, and then we'll get into um, a little bit of whiteboard. This what I'm pulling up first will play into a whiteboard. How about that? Okay, there we go. That's the one I wanted. All right, so we will put this up on the screen, and you'll have to tell me exactly what this is that we're looking at here. Yeah, so I went through majority of the first half, um, a little bit of the second half until my my computer my TV recording uh, kind of gave out to me. Because remember, uh, this game was delayed for like an hour and fifty minutes, so yep. that really screwed my my forgot playback. to set your forgot to set your DVR <laughs> to extend a little bit. Huh? Yeah. So I basically went until I could, but I, I think it'll get to the point. Um, I, I kind of went through again, broke down some drives here of Notre Dame. Uh, the main things I looked at were, you know, down personnel running past the area of the field. Um, and then the result of the play. So, um, I, I'm going to start by, I know the segment is, you know, the, the best thing I saw. Um, but in, in order to get to the best thing I saw, I got to go through the worst thing I saw first. Okay. Um, and it's going to play into how I got to the best thing I saw. So All right. the, the thing that really frustrated me to start this game 
uh, is Notre Dame wanted to run and they wanted to run inside the tackles. And when we were going over, you know, how to go, how to attack this defense, I said that what, in, in terms of the run game, what, what would be the most vulnerable um, would be the outside. And so, you know, I, I wanted to look at, you know, where, where Notre Dame was going with the ball. That's why I have like the area of the field and then what kind of play that they were running. So, you know, in these first two drives right away, we can see that Notre Dame had two very quick, um, three and outs. And to me, a large portion of that is they started each of these possessions with, you know, two run plays. Okay. They started the second drive with a screen play. I mean, that was a, uh, basically, you know, if you listen to Kirk Herbstreet, that's an extension of the run game. So I'll, I'll, I'll chalk that one up as a run, but again, they, they come out in 11 personnel and they're, they're running the ball and it's right between the tackles. And you can see, you know, gain loss, they, they gain one yard and then no yards. Um, they take a sack because, you know, Sam Hartman has to sit back there on third and long um, and they have to punt. And that was a common theme kind of to start the game is they were running inside, not really getting in anywhere with it. Um, and then, you know, Sam Hartman was left to fend for himself kind of on third and long after getting behind the chains. Um, we get into drive three here. Um, and instead of, you know, running the ball to start, uh, we get two passes. Both of them incomplete, so we're in a third and long. And really, this third and long play is, I think, what what bailed Notre Dame out of this drive, um, and, and maybe kind of started a little something for him to in terms of getting momentum for the game. Um, if people don't remember, this was the third and long QB draw that Sam Hartman hit right up the middle. I love this call because they spread out the box. Mm -hmm. um, no one was left in the box. You can even see in my comment here, no one in the box. Um, and so it's an easy run for Sam Hartman, right? Well, what do they do immediately? They try to do this screen on the outside. They get two yards, really nothing going. Um, a series of, you know, you have a pass play. And then to me, another thing that really kind of jumped the drive is instead of just pounding the ball inside between the tackles, yes, they ran it inside, but they got into um, a counter play here, right? And so they got 11 yards off the counter play. Okay, a little bit of a wrinkle. Um, they run inside. Luckily on this one, they get nine yards. Um, and then they, it, it, you know, the drive kind of stalls out. They, they get a field goal. So to me, this drive three, they didn't really change much except the counter play. Um, but they toughed out a, a field goal, right? Like they brooded through this drive, in my opinion, and, and were able um, to sneak out a, a field goal. And then we have the hour and 45 minute uh, rain lightning de uh, delay. And this is what leads me into the best thing. I saw from the game because bum, bum, bum. we were so used to Tommy Reese running plays and them not working and, and just him continuously running those plays over and over again, even mm -hmm. if they didn't have success. And so the best thing I saw was Jared Parker's adjustments coming out of this delay. And the main adjustment I saw, and I didn't even really realize this until I started watching back the game a little bit more they started to go into this overload look, right? And, and what I mean by overload is they were putting three offensive linemen to one side and then a guard and tackle, or sorry, a guard and a tight end to the other side. So let me switch screens um, here real quick. This is the look I'm talking about right here. They started to go into, again, to the right side of the formation. They had three offensive linemen. They were putting Joe all instead of the left tackle, they were putting him on the right side. So you had, a, you had your right guard, your right tackle, and now your left tackle on the right side. So you had three big linemen on the right side, and then they were going guard and tight end to the other side. And then 
what they were using, they were using this like H back, right? They were putting him in the backfield. They were putting him as a wing guy with the tight end, whatever it was, they were going to tight ends, but they were displacing him in different parts of the field. Um, and then on this play, what happens is, uh, I, I believe this is, uh, who's number 38. I asked you this the other day, the tight end. Davis Sherwood. Davis Sherwood. He lines up here in the backfield. Uh, and this is the first play to, again, start the start the game after the, the lightning delay or the rain delay. Um, they pull this, they, they pull the guard um, and, and allow Sherwood to run up through the hole. Audric Estime makes a guy miss and he's off to the races for an 80 yard touchdown, right? So, Jared Parker said, okay, um, I still want to run between the tackles. That's fine. But he had to do something to change up the look. And that's exactly what he did. He put three, again, he put three linemen, offensive linemen to one side, overloaded that side, um, and, and then went guards hide in the backside. This was a common, and now let's go back uh, to my other sheet here. This was a common occurrence in, in the entire, I wouldn't call it the second half, but I'd call this the second portion of the game, you know, after the lightning or rain delay. Um, look at how many times in my comments here they go um, with this look and, and look at, you know, what, what results from it. Instead of getting nothing on first or second down with these inside runs, you see a gain of six. You see a gain of seven, gain of seven. OK, on this one. All right. That's fine. It only got one yard. You know, it can't be successful every time. I'll take this one three yards. You know, that's that's positive net yards. You're staying ahead of the chain. Um, and then another one here, uh, another, you know. Eight yards. I got eight yards. It, they switched to this formation where they overloaded one side of the line with three offensive linemen. They put a tight end on the other side with the guard, and it really allowed them to, to run the ball inside. You know, sure, they didn't hit the edges like I quite thought they would, but instead of just continuously running the same plays over and over and over, just like um, Tommy Reese used to, Jared Parker said, you know what? It's not working. What do I need to do? He had an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes to think about it. And this is what he came up with. And this ultimately opened up the run game. And of course, you know, Notre Dame's going to be able to pass the ball off the run game. And so naturally the pass game opens up. And next thing you know, Notre Dame brings in an onslaught of points and really starts to run away with the game after that big Audric Estime run. All right. Good stuff. Good. And that's like me. I, I wasn't paying as close attention you know, play to play just because of the way that like we we all watch the game a little bit differently. I know Vince focuses a lot on the offensive line. Like like that first play, it was very noticeable, the overload that you were talking about. I didn't realize how much they went back to it over the course of the game, but they had good success, success with it as well. Just not as much success as an 80-yard touchdown run. Yeah, and that was the thing. The number, you're right. The number one thing I notice is, you know, obviously I saw that they ran that play on the Audric Estime run, but then when I started to go back, look at it, I was like, man, they really started to use this set, uh -huh. you know? And, and, it, and it was, I think maybe what, what was a little bit uh, deceiving is they didn't put Sherwood in the backfield like a, like a you know, a two-back look or maybe a full-back look, whatever you want to call him. They started splitting him out, you know, and, and sometimes it was holding stays um, that was out there. And Eventually, you know, that led to a nice switch route where Stays hits hits the seam and, and he hits, you know, the 38 yard pass. They get a run play and then he hits that kind of 40 yard pass out in the flat where he breaks the tackle, goes up the sideline um, and, and, and scores a touchdown. So to me, this all is set up. Offensive success is set up by Notre Dame running the ball because they're going to pass the ball off of it. Well, when the run game wasn't going well between the tackles, 
Jared Parker made a conscious decision that he needed to switch up the look, give this NC State something different to look at, and ultimately it's what led to the overall success the rest of the game. So that is the best thing I saw offensively from Notre Dame this weekend. I saw Chris is asking, can Notre Dame go uneven with Alt more? I mean, I think this was kind of opponent-specific. Yeah, specific to that opponent and the kind of defense that they were playing, right? Yeah, and, and again, it was, you know, Marcus Freeman talked about it in his press conference about NC State last week. These linebackers flow so quickly. Downhill, those inside gaps were just plugged up so quickly. Um, and, and so Notre Dame really had to do something to take advantage of that. And I think they used their, you know, downhill ability essentially against them by going with this uneven or overload look on one side with three offensive lines. All right, good stuff, Jess. Are you I got ready to, for I got one more. I, I came oh. up with the defensive well, best thing I saw as well. Pulling the gun on me here. Okay. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah. So, again, that was offensively the best thing I saw. I'd be remiss if I didn't give the defense a little bit of love here. Um, and so let me bring up really to me the concept that 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 Brennan Armstrong couldn't quite figure out um, the entire game. Uh, so let me get into that here a little bit. So this is a I can't remember what exactly this, you know, where this game, this play was um, in terms of relation of game and you know time left or whatever. But this was a typical kind of formation that NC State came out in. Uh, this is 10 personnel with ball on the left hash, one wide receiver to the boundary side. Uh, running back is into the boundary with the quarterback and shotgun. And then we have trips uh, to, to the field side. So in this coverage right now, let me give a little bit of breakdown uh, of, of what's going on. This is Benjamin Morrison with the wide receiver into the boundary. Um, he's got man-on-man responsibilities with his wide receiver. Um, this is Bertrand in the middle of the field. He's got man-on-man responsibilities with the running back. Um, and then in terms of these wide receivers to the, to the field side or the trip side, um, this is where the, the fun starts to happen. Um, you have uh, to the trip side, you have remote. This is Ramon Henderson right here. He's got man-to-man. I can't remember exactly who these corners are, but they're man-to-man locked up. Um, so essentially what this is, is a cover, uh, cover one robber with man kind of underneath across the board. So you have all these guys, man to man, this guy right here, um, the, the, the safety to the boundary side, this is DJ Brown. He's essentially got half the field. He's going to run down this half of the field over the top. And then this guy right here. And I believe if my memory serves me right, this is, um, Xavier Watts. Xavier Watson, this, he is the robber man. So what does that mean? He's got underneath or middle of the field help to the trip side, right? So he's essentially trying to sneak underneath something here um, in the middle of the field. And so that is what that is what is meant when you say um, cover, cover one robber. Basically, Robert, DJ yeah. Brown is going, you know, he's the safety. He's going to drop and be the safety over the top. And then uh, Xavier Watts is going to be the robber man underneath. Um, and and this, this, this concept gave Brendan Armstrong fits the entire game and really he couldn't pass the ball because he couldn't he, he didn't know what was going on he didn't know who the robber was um and he didn't know who who was going to be the, the the deep safety kind of over the top so what happens on this play is let and this is this is the brilliance of this play because it really like Brendan Armstrong thinks he knows what's going on 
uh, but he really does it. And so pre-snap, they'll send the number three wide receiver in motion uh, to the boundary. And so now we have a, a, a basically a two-by-two two formation. You got two wide receivers to the boundary, two wide receivers to the field side, and nothing has changed. Well, when this guy goes in motion, DJ Brown now works a little bit more uh, to, to this side of the field. Uh, Ramon Henderson is going to drop back and replace Xavier Watts. Xavier Watts is going to drop down to the motion wide receiver. And now it's, it's the same thing all over again, right? Like these guys are, you know, Benjamin Morrison is still man on man with his guy. Um, Xavier Watts is still man on man with his guy. These backside corners are still man on man with their guys. But the thing that Brendan Armstrong couldn't figure out when sending this guy in motion is who's the robber man and who's the safety playing over top. Well, DJ Brown just takes the other side of the field and takes this seam. And now Ramon Henderson is your robber underneath. But again, even when sending in motion, Brendan Armstrong couldn't figure out who the robber man was. And Notre Dame did a great job of passing that along and really disguising who the robber man was underneath because Brandon Armstrong thought he had the, the middle of the field open, but it was never there. And that's what really set him off in the passing game. He cannot get into a rhythm the entire game because of this def defense that Nerding was playing and, dis and disguising their robber man. Huh, I almost ran out of breath there. <laughs> I hope that all made sense. That's, that's yeah, the goal every absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Very, very good stuff. And, and that's, uh, you know, again, just just drawing it up like that. Good stuff. That's why we have the whiteboard.